Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. What's up, Passion? Everybody good? Just want to make sure you're awake. So listen, you guys are in for a treat today. Um, one of my dear friends is going to come and share a word with you today. Him and his wife, Misty, are with us today. Some of my just closest friends have been in ministry sometime with Pastor John and Lori now. Uh, they're also our campus pastors at our Wichita Falls location. And so you guys are in for just a special treat. He's going to hate that I'm bragging on him, but just an incredible, incredible man of God. Uh, Misty's one of the best kids pastors I've ever had the privilege of knowing. Um, just incredible, just their family, uh, their children, uh, their pursuit of God. I'm thankful for them and I'm thankful for their leadership. And I think you're going to be uh, the same today as Pastor David comes to share a word with you. Can we give him a big passion welcome? Well, good morning. I don't like compliments and being bragged on. It makes me feel uneasy. Anybody else feel that way? Yeah. Amen. It's good to be here today. Um, man, you guys look great. You look awesome today. Pastor John, uh, I want to say, I wanna say uh, welcome from Compassion, Wichita Falls. Uh, it's great being together as brothers and sisters in Christ and getting to do the ministry. We're hearing amazing things that are happening here in Passion. Uh, hearing about the salvations, the growth, the spirit of the Lord that's just moving, the amazing time that you're having here. Man, let me encourage you, keep going. Don't stop. Do what that song says. Bring the revival to the city. It all starts with you. It doesn't start with the platform. It doesn't start with this microphone. It starts with you. Bring the revival to the city. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm gonna get the chance um, to close out the unoffendable sermon series. So what I wanna do right now is more than likely, I'm just gonna be a disclaimer, I'm going to offend you today. Just gonna put it there, okay? So here's the thing. Some of you already got frowns on your face and I'm not that guy. I like to smile, I like to laugh because I believe the joy of the Lord is my strength. I believe when he is in you, you're happy. And if you're not happy, then you need to see if he's in you. See, I'm already starting. I wasn't even in my notes. I'm just like, here we go. This may be my only chance with you, so just get ready. I'm just saying, that's just how it's gonna work today. But um, so we're gonna talk today and I wanna, I wanna start with a concept or a statement. I don't want to offend you, but, I don't wanna offend you, but, that statement and comment, maybe you've never said it that way. Maybe you've never said, uh, I don't want to offend you, but, but maybe you can identify to some of these others. Uh, how about this? Uh, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but how about this one? I'm sorry if I offended you, but the truth is, don't take this the wrong way, but have you lost weight the last time I seen you? Well, you mean last Sunday? That's offensive, right? It's okay to laugh. I'm not being offended right now. I'm not trying to be racist, but I'm not trying to be nosy, but uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to offend you, but you may not want to hear this, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you've got courage wearing that outfit out in public. 
See, ladies are laughing at that one because they know they've either thought it or they've said it to somebody, right? I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but do you want a breath mint? <laughs> I'm not gossiping, but bless their heart. I've actually had this Sunday after preaching one time, I had somebody come to me and say, hey, I'm not trying to hurt, hurt your feelings, but have you really heard such and such? They are really good. Well, what are you saying about me right now, right? The opportunity to get offended. I don't want to offend you, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So as I begin to speak to you this morning, I've not arrived of, of, of being unoffended. I'm still working through that. So I'm not preaching at you. I'm with you. I, I, could, I could put myself here and sit there and just listen to these scriptures we're fixing to go through and what we're fixing to hear. But here's what I want to ask you today. My question for you and your, my question for me today is, my question is for us today is this, how big is your unoffendable butt? Follow with me. We'll be okay. See, some of you got a smile, some of you got offended. So this sermon's for you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to speak. We thank you that your word is alive. Lord, your word will correct us. It will guide us. It will lead us. It will, will take things out of us that doesn't need to be there. And it will put things in there that need to be there. And we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've never said those words, I don't want to offend you, but you've probably said a variation of some of the little sentences I just used one way or another. And, and the problem is, is probably you knew going into saying those variations, either you were going to offend somebody or you were going to hurt them or you were just going to get your point across no matter what. Anybody like that? Don't raise your hand and don't point. You're like, I know that person. They're always trying to get their point across, right? You went into that knowing that you were going to be offensive. But see, we are called as believers to rise above taking offense to things. We're a, we are called as believers of son, men and women of God, sons and daughters of God. We are called to go above the butt in our life. See, we, we know that in Luke, Luke tells us offense is coming. No matter what, offense is coming. But the problem is what happens to many of us, we allow it to remain in our life and take root. Us as believers of Jesus Christ, us as followers of him, people who have been forgiven, we cannot remain and let it be rooted in our life. Offense has no place in your life. It's a good place to say amen. I'm not gonna try to force you, but if not, I'm gonna be offended. Then we gotta start the sermon all over again, right? <laughs> He's like, okay, are we done yet? So in just a minute, I want us to look through a fundamental passage. I want us to look at what, what Christ says. If you will walk with Christ, what will develop in your heart and will help us become unoffendable followers of Christ. The very foundation of our Christian walk is to forgive people and walk in grace. Forgiveness and grace. Say it with me. Forgiveness and grace. 
So I want to look at a, a story in Matthew chapter 18, and that's where we're going to sit for the next few minutes. Matthew chapter 18, and it says this, verse 21. And just to let you know, I do, this is my anointing rag. I'm a sweater, but we're going to call it an anointed rag is what we're going to call it right now. You're better glad the seats aren't that far because I spit and I sweat. Both of them come at you. Sorry, brother. Um, so verse 21 says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brothers or sisters? Forgive who? My brothers or sisters. He ain't talking to the world. My brothers or sisters. You sit next to somebody, that's your brother or your sister. That's who he's talking to right there. Who sin against me, just in case you couldn't figure it out. You're the brother, you're the sister. Who sins against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Here Peter is thinking he's going to be the next best disciple, right? He's like waiting for some of them, looking at the other disciples. I could just see it because I could put myself in Peter's place. I'm like, watch this, guys. Hey, we're going we're gonna to do seven times, right, Jesus? But see, back in that day, the Jewish rabbis taught that you would only forgive three times in a day. Man, I don't know about you, but I need forgiveness every single day. I need grace in my life every single day. If it had been three times, I would have been out a long time ago. Matter of fact, most people, if you know me from my past, you would like, uh, you really are on that stage right now? For real, this ain't no joke, you know? One time I used to be skinny and have a mullet, both of those together. They were great times in my life. But he said, Peter said seven times. Seven times, this is what he said. He was thinking that, but Jesus answered to him and said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. If you have the King James Version, it says 70 times seven. If you look in the book of Luke, it says seven times daily. That number seven is for completeness and that, that number seven is perfection is what it is. So here's the thing, it's not just a simple seven. It's not just a simple 77. Here's the bottom line. If you're counting, you're missing the point. If you're counting how many times you should forgive somebody, you are missing the point. You and I were called as believers and followers of Christ to be unoffendable men and women of God. We are to forgive completely everyone. See, Jesus' blood was perfection on Calvary. You cannot be an unoffendable follower or person of Christ by keeping score. You got to be that by losing count. See, the point is that we should forgive a person as often as they need to be forgiven. I need all the forgiveness I can get. Many times we judge people by their actions, but we want to be judged by our intentions. I don't want to offend you today, but how big is your unoffendable but? It's okay to laugh. It is funny. But you're going to hear where, where the butt comes in at. And if you're like, he keeps saying, but I'm offended. Mm -hmm. Doo -doo, right there. That's you. Over the next few minutes, we're going to talk about what we must do, do to develop inside of us to remain bigger than our unoffendable butt in our life. Number one is this. Unoffendable people have a character of forgiveness and grace. Unoffendable people have a character of forgiveness and grace. As we continue with verse 23, it says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. 
first I want to say that scripture, isn't it amazing to see how the God of heaven, the master, the king of the universe, our, our Lord and Savior, how he, he showed forgiveness to this servant. This is what it does for us. This is the forgiveness that he shows. The debt that we owed, he took it all on himself and he said, you're forgiven. He canceled all of our debts. Isn't that amazing to have a God who will do that? He didn't even owe any debts. We owed all of them and he said, I'll forgive it. I'll cancel it out. But for just the next couple of minutes, I want to look through a different lens at this scripture and at this passage and this story right here. As we look at the first servant, it says that there was 10, he owed 10,000 bags of gold. And as I read tons of commentary, they could never decide what it was. I heard all the way from the millions to the trillions is how much that, that 10,000 bags of gold would, would cost. And more than likely, that debt he would never be able to repay in his lifetime. It was a debt that he owed and he could not repay. Matter of fact, it was such, such a high debt that probably his wife and his children in their lifestyle would never have paid it. The debt he owed. That debt that he owed not only was about to place him into slavery, but it was about to place his wife and his children into slavery. And it was about to be, everything he owned and worked for was about to be sold to pay this debt. See, when we don't forgive it not only places us in a place of slavery, of bitterness and hatred, it puts our families there too. You think offense only affects you, but it doesn't. It affects your family. It affects your wife. It affects your children. It affects your husband. It affects people in your life. Offense is a bad thing to be rooted in your life because the only thing that offense will produce is bitterness. That is the harvest of offense. I've seen so many people in my life, in my ministry time, I've seen so many people walk away from the church because of offense and unforgiveness. Worse than that, more than walking away from the church and more than walking away from, from, from church, they've walked away from God. And their children have followed them. We are called to be unoffendable followers of Christ. Verse 26, it says, at this time, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. I want you to realize what the servant said to his master. He said, be patient with me, and I will pay back everything. Pay attention to that phrasing. Pay attention to his attitude. Pay attention to the plea that he was going to pay back everything. This servant had received forgiveness and he had received grace. And with that, he received his freedom for him and his family. It's the same with us. If we, if we will freely give forgiveness and grace to people, we will receive freedom to walk with Christ. I don't want to offend you today, but how offendable is your but? Point two. Unoffendable people have character of not holding grudges. Unoffendable people have a character of not holding grudges. You want to see where their butt is? Verse 28 tells you, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, pay attention to the wording once again, be patient with me and I will pay it back. 
Mm, sounds familiar. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Remember Peter's question at the very beginning, how many times am I to forgive my brothers and sisters? This servant who was just forgiven by the master, he had a firsthand experience. He was forgiven by that master. He, is, was, he was given grace, but he immediately, but he immediately walks out and finds the fellow servant. And he didn't say, will you pay me back? Instead, he grabs him up and he starts choking him out, going, you're gonna pay me back. Maybe some of us, let's put it in today's term. Let's put it in today's analogy. How about this? Maybe today, not mentioning any churches or anything like that, but we'll just say maybe just for illustration purposes, Passion Church. We'll just say that. How about that? You came into church this day and you're getting your worship on. You got your hands raised and Jesus is moving. Awesome worship. Man, it's been good. Felt the presence of God. Awesome. And it's not illustrated. That was really good worship, amen. It was an awesome time of worship. Felt the presence of God. Your, the sermon you're hearing is, eh, it's okay at best, right? But you, you felt like, okay, I'm gonna ask Jesus for, for forgiveness. The things I've done this week, maybe I need to repent of some stuff. Oh, I, there's some unforgiveness in my heart. Let me, let me ask for forgiveness of that. And you're all good. You're walking out of here ready to conquer the world. Here we go. You're ready at it. And you get out into the parking lot and the first thing happens, somebody offends you and you cuss them out. That went deep real fast, didn't it? You go, well, I ain't cussing nobody out in this parking lot. Well, let's go Walmart or Target or Starbucks. How about that? You're backbiting, you're gossiping. I'm just coming for everybody today. I'm just gonna shoot it down, right? This may be my only chance. But you're backbiting, you're gossiping, you're slandering. You did the same thing the first servant did. You were given grace and you were given forgiveness, but you went out and found somebody else, a fellow brother or sister of Christ. I don't mean to offend you. How big is your unoffendable butt? But when the servant left from forgiveness, he left from his freedom. But when the servant went out, when does your butt change from being unoffendable to offendable? See, many times, and, and here, here, if you've had a whole trouble with this, let me help you a little bit. When does your butt change from being unoffendable to offendable? Let me give you some examples. Many times we're offended by other people's issues, but not our own sin. Many times we're offended by other people's sins, but, but not our own pride. Many times we're offended by the outward expression or opinions of others, but not our internal dialogue. Many times we are offended when we feel like people have treated us wrong, but giving ourselves grace to go gossip about it. Yeah, I got deep real fast. See, we justify our own offense and criticize others' offense. See, the ironic thing is that the guy who owes 100,000 bags, the 100,000, the millions of dollars, his fellow servant that he goes and chokes out, he owed like 20 bucks in nowadays times. You owed hundreds of millions and he owed you 20 and you're gonna choke him out. Where's the butt at that? When did he walk from being forgiven and unoffendable to he, but he swapped over that I'm gonna go choke him out? I don't know about you, but a lot of times I can relate to the first servant because I will forget what forgiveness was given to me and grace was given to me and I'll start judging somebody else because of the butt. Have you ever said, I'll forgive them, but 
and you still hold a grudge. You may not say it outwardly, but you're internally dealing with it. Maybe that's the reason James 5 and 9 says, don't grumble against one another's brothers and sisters. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to us, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge, capital J, the judge is standing at the door. See, if we can just remember grace and forgiveness was given to us by a graciously heavenly father, we will so graciously give it to other people. We will give that forgiveness to others, our brothers and sisters in Christ especially. Because what I read at the very beginning, because I read no record of wrongs. Some of you think you're playing a baseball game. Strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. You're not. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. There is no count on forgiveness. We cannot walk unoffendable with having a but in our life. Scripture tells us specifically that if we ask Christ to forgive us, we ask God to forgive us, he forgets it. He, he wipes it clean. He does not remember our sins anymore. He doesn't hold grudges against us. He doesn't hold hard feelings against us. He is forgotten. It is forgotten and it is forgiven. We have to walk in this same attitude as what Christ did. But many times in our life, we have not forgiven, nor have we forgotten, but we hold a grudge. See, I don't want to offend you today, but how big is your unoffendable butt? The third thing is this. Unoffendable people have a character to be better witnesses. Unoffendable people have a character to be better witnesses. In verse 31, it says, when the other servant saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Verse 31 caught my attention so much. And it says the other servants saw what happened. The other servants. So you got the first servant who was forgiven. You have the second servant that the first servant's attacking and not forgiving, requiring, requiring him to pay his debt. But you have some other servants who have seen this. You, child of God, you, man or woman of God, how are you responding? Let me tell you today, if you're a follower of Christ, people are watching you. You are always being watched because they're watching how you respond to your brother or sister of Christ. They're watching how you forgive them, how you give them grace, how much you extend to them. How are you treating your brother or sister in Christ? How are you treating people through the drive through How are you treating people in the fast lane? How are you treating the door dashers that come to your house? How are you even treating the bill collectors? How do you treat them? How do you treat your brother, your, your fellow brother or sisters in Christ in front of others? See, secondary offense, and I wish we had time to jump deep into secondary offense, but secondary offense can be some of the hardest offense for people to deal with. It can be, see, the first person uh, can forgive and move on, but that person who's taken on a secondary offense, it will struggle, they'll struggle with breaking that off of them. Let me give you an example. 
Well, let me tell you, we can see secondary offense right here in the scriptures. It says that they were outraged. The other servants were outraged. They had a secondary offense. They had no dog in the hunt. They were not with the first servant. They were not with the second servant, but they saw what was happening to them and they were outraged. And many times in our life, we will take on a secondary offense and it will get us outraged. Have you ever been offended for somebody else, anybody? You didn't have no dog in the hunt, but you've been offended for them. So here's the thing. I'm gonna help you right now. I'm gonna give you an example of what that looks like. This is the best relationship advice you'll ever get in your entire life. If you're not married and you're thinking about getting married, take this advice. Maybe you're real young, you go, I got 20 years. You take this advice, but know that you heard it today. Take this advice. This is the best relationship advice you'll ever hear. Do not complain about your spouse to your parents. Don't do it. Because once you're finished spewing up, he didn't pick up his laundry. He didn't go blah, blah, blah. And you're done doing that. Or, 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 the, or the husband is like, she did this or she did that. Once they're done, once you're done and you're back in love again, and it's a honeymoon. Oh, I love them so much. Your, your parents are thinking about how they can slash your spouse's tires. I promise you. 100%. They're like, hmm, I'm going to get them. I'll push them down if they're walking by me and act like it was a trip. It, I'm telling you, that's secondary offense. Your parents didn't have anything to do with what was going on, but you shared it with them, so now they're offended for you. That's exactly what happened right here. They saw what was happening. They didn't have any dog in the hunt. They wasn't being asked to be forgiven. They didn't have a debt they were owed. It was between these two guys, but they took on that offense. Secondary offense is just as deadly to your soul as being offended. Because what it is, is many times... Secondary offense comes from somebody who is offended, and it is a skewed view of the reality of what's happening. And so they're talking out of their hurt. They're talking out of their pain, whether justified or not justified. We, we all day long as Christians can justify, oh, it's justified them being offended. It's justified. But is it really? It's not because we're called to forgiveness and grace. It's not justified for me to be offended for somebody. Maybe that's the reason Ephesians 4 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful, helpful for building others up according to their needs. Did you hear that? According to their needs. If they're offended, build them up. Don't, oh, I got it. Yeah, bro. Oh, man, you should. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, be mad. Be mad. Oh, yeah, go for it. No, build them up. Hey, you're going to be all right. Hey, forgive them. Hey, give them grace. Hey, you have all the right, but forgiveness is what you got to get in your heart. Let me continue. According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Did you hear that? There's other people listening. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all. Say it with me, all. Ready? One, two, three. All. All bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. But you say they don't deserve it. You don't know what they did to me, but you don't know they lied about me, but you don't know they gossip about me, but you don't know. You're right, I don't know. But the bottom line is, we were commanded to put off anything that wasn't beneficial for the glory of Christ. We are told, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. 
There is no option two. There is no plan B with this. Forgiveness is the only route for each one of us as followers of Christ. Romans chapter 14, verse 13 says this, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, so you wanna know what you can do with your time instead of passing judgment? Instead, here it is. Make up your mind not to be a stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. He didn't say the world. He said of your brother or sister. You could be a stumbling block. You could be offensive, but you've got to instead make up your mind. I don't want to offend you today, but as we're closing today, I want to look at the last verse in this parable. In the last verse in this parable, verse 35, it says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. He didn't say the world. He said your brother or your sister. For years, I've been in, been with the churches and been in the church world, and I've heard for years the unpardonable, the unforgettable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But I think today that I'm seeing a second one that may not get us forgiveness. And that's by us having unforgiveness. It's written and read for us. Matthew chapter 6 says this, verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, when you forgive other people, when you forgive other people when they offend you, when you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Here's the but. But if you do not forgive other sin, of their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. See, it really doesn't matter how big that but is in our life. How big, it, how right it is, it doesn't really matter. We're called to walk as followers of Christ, brothers and sisters of Christ, in forgiveness and in grace. See, that first servant, no matter what, I don't know what happened to him. He received forgiveness, but when he walked away, it says, but when he saw his other servant. Sometimes I wonder, and I just wonder sometimes, does forgiveness get from here? And here we does it really get right here? Because this is the only place it can come from and have true forgiveness. Because here's the thing, if, you are an un, if you're an offendable person, offense will remain and it will take root in your life and it will dry up your bones and your happiness. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can't be offended and have joy. I can't have grudges against people and have joy. I would even say, if I don't forgive others of their sin, your father will not forgive you of your sins. See, I don't want to offend you today by saying so many times how big is your unoffendable but, but I wanted you to understand there's a but. I can be unoffended if you talk about my look or my weight, but if you cross me or gossip, 
I can be okay unoffended if you talk about my clothes. Even if you talk about the way I talk. But if you come in my wife, I'm going to be offended. What is your but? What is that line from unoffendable to offendable? What is the middle? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. There's the but right there. It doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. It always, it always, it always protects. It always, it always trusts. It always, it will always hope. It will always, always persevere. Why? Because love never fails. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a couple of minutes, I've got a couple questions for you today. Maybe today you can say, you know what? I haven't realized, or maybe I do realize, maybe I do know I've been holding a grudge and I want that grudge broken off of me. If there's anybody in here, raise your hand. I wanna pray for you today. I see hands all over the place. Father, I pray for those people that are holding grudges. I pray for myself for the grudges that I hold. Lord, deliver us from that mindset. Help us take on your character of grace and forgiveness. Help us take on that character to be a witness. Help us forgive them and forget what was going on. Not to be a victim again, not to allow things to happen, but we are gonna walk in being unoffendable today. Break that, heart, that, that hurt. Mend our hearts. Take those disappointments and encourage us. Help us forgive those people who hurt us. Help us wipe away every grudge. Today, maybe you'll say, I have, a, I have a butt in my life. If they cross over, I'm unoffendable here. But if they cross over, I'm gonna get offended here. And I don't want that in my life. If that's you, you want, the, you want that butt out of your life. If that's you, I'll raise your hand and I wanna pray with you today. Lord, help us. Help us not have that in our lives. Help us be unforgiving all the way around, not to hold a grudge, not to hold, hold, hold on to things. Help us keep no records of wrong. I pray that over us right now, Father. Last question I have for you today. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It's as simple as today as admitting that you're a sinner, believing that Jesus is the Son of God and that he rose, He was died on the cross and rose again on the third day and confess him Lord of your life. If today you go, I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior and I would like to know before I walk out of here today that heaven is my home. Let me tell you today, you're not here by accident. The Bible tells us specifically, the Holy Spirit draws all men to him. So you were here on purpose today. If today you'd like to give your heart and life to Jesus, I want you to just lift your hand so I can pray with you. Is there anybody in this house? One. Is there anyone else in this house that says, I wanna give my life to Jesus? I see two, amen. Anybody else? Today is the day of salvation. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus Christ then. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, 
visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.